0: everyone welcome to another episode of the CG business advisor podcast brought to you by CG tax audit and Ed advisory I'm Scott Seidenberg thanks once again for tuning in to our episodes and be sure to subscribe rate and review please wherever you get your podcasts from hope you enjoyed our last episode on some New year's resolutions I know I'm hoping to be sticking to mine for a lot longer than I have. In the past, uh, I'm going to use the tips and techniques that I learned in last episode to help me stay true to those resolutions. But how about those of you out there who might be starting a business or already own a business and you're curious about the structure of your business, both for legal purposes and for tax purposes. Joining me on today's episode to talk about business structure is Eric Lubin. Eric Lubin is chair of Lemuro Law's Commercial and General Litigation Department. He has a wealth of courtroom experience, having tried multiple jury and bench trials in several different fields of law. Eric also regularly advises and represents businesses and professionals in matters involving partner member disputes, contracts, employment controversies, and regulatory violations. A large concentration of Eric's practice also includes transactional work for businesses. Eric's scope of representation ranges from helping clients start businesses to representing international companies through multi-million dollar transactions. So in this regard, Eric commonly consults with tax professionals and other experts in the fields. Eric, thank you for joining me today. No problem. Eric, why is business formation such an important decision? for a business owner to make when starting a company? Choosing
1: the right business entity is critical when forming a business because it can have substantial ramifications on the most important aspects of your business, such as, will my profits be taxed twice before they're paid to me? Or in the unfortunate circumstance of a lawsuit, can they get to my personal assets? The the formation decisions that you make in the beginning of your business have ramifications that are going to follow you for the the whole business and even after the business is closed. Um, The rules that govern how you manage your business, uh, your ability to obtain financing, uh, even restrictions on what type of business activities in which you can engage all truly depend on uh, the type of business that you form and the advice that you've gotten at the at the crucial beginning stages of your business. So it's probably one of the most important decisions you can make if you do want to start a business.
0: So. Help me explain the differences between the types of entities that you can choose. Uh, We hear the terms all the time, S-Corp, partnership, sole proprietorship. Uh, Let's take it one by one and just go through some of the differences here. What exactly is an S-Corp?
1: So before I tell you what an S-Corp is, I think what we have to do is just put two extremely important definitions out there. Uh, First is limited liability. Um, because that is one of the crucial things that you will look at when deciding what type of entity that you want to form. And the second uh, definition I want to give is called flow through taxation, which, which describes how your money will be taxed before you actually make a profit because you know that's why you have a for-profit business. So limited liability uh, determines whether the liabilities of the business can be satisfied from your own personal assets and let me give an example if i own apple stock obviously if apple loses money or goes bankrupt or owes money they're not going to look for me to to pay that debt instead my stock will simply become worthless but if i own a restaurant and the restaurant has a huge liability and you know they get sued god forbid it's a huge judgment and i don't have my business in a limited liability company an s corp or a C corp And i don't have that limited liability my personal assets my home my stock my bank accounts my automobiles can be looked to to satisfy the judgment that's limited liability it protects your personal assets so that's important to put that definition in mind when i go back to your your question and then the second definition is called flow through taxation and what that means is if i make a profit if i have flow through taxation the profit will hit the entity but it will not be taxed at the entity level instead it will be taxed on my personal level Mm -hmm. so it will show up on my own personal tax returns meaning i can save more of the money that my business produces in profit by only being taxed once non-flow through taxation means that profits are taxed at the entity level at the, the company level and then taxed again on my personal tax return when i receive a dividend so um if apple i keep using apple if apple makes a profit apple the entity pays tax on that profit then apple because i own stock will pay a dividend to me as a stockholder i will then pay taxes on that dividend meaning my money has been taxed twice so it's better to have flow through for tax reasons but you always for for a million different reasons can't have that so having those two ideas in mind i'll go through what Nest corp is and S Nest- is a um, cousin of a C Corp. And what that means is a C Corp is a regular corporation, meaning that it issues stock. It's an entity separate and apart from um, the person and the stockholder. And it gets taxed on the entity level and on the personal level. An S Corp is a special tax election that allows a C Corp to only get to get flow through taxation, as long as you make that tax election and you take on different restrictions, such as you can only have 100 uh, shareholders, you cannot have foreign shareholders, you can't have different levels of shareholders or different types of stock. So it's kind of a very restrictive way to get the tax benefit of flow through taxation, but have that limited liability of protecting your assets. I think it's probably, much easier if I go and just go through each entity very quickly from preferred or not preferred to preferred. So you get an idea of what's out there. Um, All the way on the left-hand side of the spectrum, we have the sole proprietorship, which is just if I wanted to walk out of my house tomorrow, pay a business registration fee and not do anything else, I can operate Eric Lubin, sole proprietor. I will have any income that I get, I'll have to report on my personal tax return. But I have unlimited liability, meaning that if I cause somebody damage or I breach a contract or I have uh, debts, they're going to look to my personal assets to pay those debts. I never recommend it. I would never recommend a sole proprietorship for any reason unless you are forced to do it. When you do a sole proprietorship, you are putting your personal assets out there for collection should somebody go after you. I never recommend it nor do I recommend a partnership. A partnership is just like a sole proprietorship, except you have more than one person, you have a partner, you could have multiple partners. But then again, you have no limited liability. So each partner is jointly and severally liable for the debts of the entire company. What that means is if I have five partners, each partner is individually responsible for all the debts. So if I have one very rich partner and four un, you know, partners who don't have the same wealth, that one very rich partner can be looked to to satisfy all the corporate debts. Partnerships, unless you're forced to because of uh, a restriction in the type of business you want to engage in which you want to engage, is never recommended because, again, you have unlimited liability. All of your personal assets are out there. Uh, at the same time, a partnership is not a real entity and neither is a sole proprietorship. New Jersey has enacted something interesting called the Limited Partners Act. Limited Partnership Act. And what that means is you can have quote-unquote silent partners, uh, limited partners who pay only a little bit into the partnership. In that case, that limited partner's liability, meaning they can only be liable for up to their own investment. They're not liable for all the debts, only what they paid into the limited liability company, under very specific circumstances. And that is, as long as they're not day-to-day involved and they have no managerial control or control over the partnership, they're going to be limited partners. Just like if you own stock, I'm gonna keep going back to that. If you own stock, you really have no say. Yeah, you can vote every once in a while on a proxy issue, but you're just there for the investment and whether you get an investment income or returning your investment or not, you're not involved in the day-to-day operations. That changes once you get involved. So you could be a limited partner Enjoy some of this limited liability protection um, under the Limited Partner Act. You actually do have to register with the state, um, and you actually have some formation steps there. So, on that's on that left-hand spectrum of these sole proprietorship, partnerships, and limited partnerships, they're the less preferred methods of of operating a business because you are exposing your personal assets, which you never want to do. Which I always, always always recommend against. Um, The next corporation is an actual C-Corp. C-Corp is a company. It's a corporation. Corporation is an entity that is distinct from the owners, unlike the sole proprietorship, unlike the partnership, unlike the limited partnership. And a corporation is different than its stockholders. A corporation has an EIN, which is a version of a social security number. It's a federal tax paying number. It can own property, it can sell property, it can uh, have its own bank accounts. A corporation, you enjoy limited liability, but you get that double taxation. So I typically will recommend a corporation, if you envision that your business endeavor is going to grow very large, and you want to be able to issue different types of stocks, some voting stocks, some just dividend-only stocks, if you don't mind the heavy regulations that come with the corporation, and, and maybe this corporation is purchasing another corporation, and it has to be a corporation to corporation transaction for whatever reason. Those are the reasons that you would choose a C-corp. Um Typically, in a corporation, you will have it governed by a board of directors who then hire and appoint executives like presidents and vice presidents who run the day-to-day operations. The executives report to the board, and the board reports to the shareholders. So it's Much more rigid. Uh, the corporations are typically the uh, the larger uh, companies out there that have many employees and different types of shareholders. Uh, that's what you'll see there. Now, when we talked about S corps before, it's interesting because I don't recommend S corps, and here's why: we have what's called limited liability companies, and this is such a great creation. A limited liability company is is a way to enjoy the limited liability that you get from a C-Corp while also enjoying the flow-through taxation of a partnership or sole proprietorship, but you don't have the rigid rules like you do with an S-Corp, and you can um, freely transfer your your membership interest in an LLC, which is a little more difficult with an S-Corp, and an S-Corp, um, you're kind of restricted in what you can do an LLC is what I almost always recommend to my clients who are just starting out a business um, It is a way that you can have flexibility in Governing your company. You can enjoy the limited liability as long as you follow the rules. You can get that flow through taxation uh, most lending institutions now recognize LLCs as reliable companies, you know, they're, they're almost always used And they're very easy to open and close. So if you are going to engage in a transaction that may be a little risky, you may want to have what's called a single purpose LLC. An LLC created just for the purpose of engaging in that one transaction. Much easier to transact business through an LLC. And it really is a creation of habit of enjoying the tax benefits, enjoying more of your profit, while having the safety of my house, my cars, my stocks, et cetera, will not be seized. Uh, God forbid if I get sued or anything happens. So those are the major um, types of entities in New Jersey. I've left out nonprofits and I've left out professional corporations. That's getting into the weeds. But the LLC, the C-Corp, and the general partnership slash, slash sole proprietorships are the big ones out there.
0: Isn't it important, like let's say you do operate an LLC, uh, how you allocate the funds from that LLC? Like, are you paying yourself? Like, let's say you are the owner of that LLC. Are you paying yourself from that business, like as an employee, or are you just taking that profits? Don't you have to be careful about how you're you're dealing with that profit margin, the, the, those Absolutely. finances?
1: Absolutely. Um, and and this, is, this is why I always like to deal with uh, accounting firms like CG Tax Audit and Advisory, because you can have critical issues if you don't follow the proper steps, you know, if you're working for your LLC and you're doing work, you, you're an employee. Uh, you know, whether even if you're an owner, you're an owner employee. There will maybe issues if you don't pay yourself a salary of still, you know, avoiding trying to avoid that payroll tax or something else. So there are absolute issues that come up, um, especially in the context of limited liability protections. And this is probably one of the biggest pitfalls that I deal with um when i counsel clients and when i see clients that have issues so as a living breathing entity that's separate from the owner the llc has a name it has in uh, just like a social security number a number that the government identifies it by and it has its own banking accounts uh, the biggest issue i see are owners of llc's whether it be a single owner or just a few owners using the llc as their alter ego meaning they're not respecting it as a separate entity they may pay llc debts out of their personal bank accounts or they may pay personal debts out of the llc bank accounts they commingle. they may not use the llc bank account all the time or they may not sign in the name of the llc or they may have a car that's used for so supposed to be used by the llc and owned by it and they're using it only for personal reasons When you kind of commingle that property and that income and you know, you're 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 just taking money from the LLC as needed and not properly documenting it just using the LLC as just an extension of you That's one of the ways you can what's called pierce the corporate veil Piercing the corporate veil is a legal term. That means getting rid of the limited liability protection um, so so absolutely, uh respecting the LLC as a separate entity and respecting the record keeping, and respecting the bank accounts is absolutely critical because if you don't do it the right way, you could have tax ramifications or you can lose that corporate bail protection.
0: That's important. Can, can you change your structure as your business grows? So let's say you start out as, you know, a partnership. Could you eventually become uh, a C corp or an S corp? Can you, can you do that legally?
1: Legally, you, can um, it's extremely time-consuming and it's extremely difficult um, for for many reasons. You know, we've been involved in those transactions for many reasons. You you may want to do uh, you know a sale or shut it down, open it back up, those type of things because it really does become difficult, especially when you're changing that tax election. It, it just becomes a nightmare. And it also becomes a nightmare when you're going to sell an entity because then there are look back periods and there are issues relating to as an asset sale or is the sale of the actual interest in the company itself. Um, so that's why making the right decision from the beginning is so critical because if you have to make a change later, whether it be because there is a statutory enactment that says you can't operate your business under the entity you're in. Or you will just do better tax-wise and have to issue, you know, change from issuing shares to a membership interest. It's critically important to avoid having that headache, those legal and accounting fees later on, and potentially the tax liabilities later on by just making the right decision and getting proper counsel in the beginning of the business formation um, process.
0: Are there any other potential pitfalls that you'd like to warn against? There are.
1: Um, and I'll tell you kind of the two or three biggest things that I always caution my clients against. Um, I, I hit, I hinted at it before, and that is respecting the corporate form. You know, I always tell my clients after I form the LLC, I give them this speech. And the speech is, do not get lazy. Open up a bank account for your LLC. Make sure your property is separate from it. Make sure you keep receipts. Make sure that you keep in contact with your accountant. Make sure that when you're making representations, you're making representations on behalf of the LLC, not you. Um, there are there are so many different things. You know, don't use don't use the LLC for personal reasons. Don't push the envelope and you know say, hey, technically I need a vacation from my business, so the business should pay for my vacation. <laughs> that type of logic, uh, you know, will always come back to haunt you. Respecting the corporate form is critical. Uh, the second thing I always tell clients, hiring a lawyer or an accountant in the beginning of a transaction, whether it be forming a business or entering into a contract, will save you many times over later on. Um, when you form a business, you just think, okay, I don't need a lawyer. I don't need an accountant anymore. I'm just going to sign contracts and, you know, everything will be fine. That's not true. Sometimes when you sign a contract you may sign a personal guarantee, especially when you're dealing with commercial leases or especially when you're dealing with financing. And that personal guarantee gets rid of the limited liability protection. That means that the that the creditor can go after your personal assets and you basically got rid of the whole purpose of having an LLC. So number two is don't think because a lawyer helped you or an accountant helped you in the beginning, we can't help you later on. We absolutely can and we absolutely should. And then the third thing I always caution clients to do is have bylaws or have operating agreements. And what they are are written documents that dictate how the company is run, how the entity is managed, how profits are distributed, what happens when somebody dies, what happens with their interest, what would happen if you know their money is needed, what happens if there's a lawsuit, what happens if, if somebody wants to sell their interest. All those type of things get, get memorialized in either bylaws for a C-Corp or operating agreement for LLC. Now, if you don't have them, the statutes, the laws themselves will engraft what the law is onto those transactions, but then you lose the right to negotiate and get what you want because you may want something different. So I always say once the entity is formed, now you got to talk about how the entity is going to be governed, controlled, sold, and hopefully putting profits in your pocket. So respecting the corporate form, um, using accountants and lawyers as as the entity grows, and um, having written agreements between your shareholders, shareholders agreements, bylaws, or your other members is critical in making sure that it operates correctly.
0: Eric, this is a lot of great information to digest. Uh, where can our listeners go to find more information about this, more information about you and your firm as well?
1: So New Jersey has great business websites. Um, if you just... Literally, Google New Jersey business. It will take you to the business homepage. That's the homepage I go to to form LLCs to check if an LLC name can be used to form C corps. Uh, they, they, I think it's Department Treasury um, or Division of Taxation. I can't remember which one puts out a yearly kind of guide to here's all the different things that you should know about when forming a business as for myself i'm a partner with Lemura law uh, our website is www.lomurrolaw.com my telephone number to reach me directly to bypass the front desk or my staff is 732-4140311 i'm happy to talk to you happy to guide anybody who needs my help i enjoy doing it um i've For some reason or another, it's become a passion of mine. So feel free to reach out if you have any questions.
0: Well, Eric, thank you so much. Uh, Thanks for the great job that you did, not just on this podcast, but also on the recent webinar with uh, Don Cowan and Michael DeMola of CG. And we look forward to future webinars between CG Tax Audit and Advisory and Lamoral Law as well.
1: So do I. Thank you very much and, and happy New Year to everybody.
0: Great stuff. We mentioned Eric recently hosted a webinar with CG's Don Cowan and Michael Demola, covering all the details of business structure selection, including tax savings and other key benefits. Visit cgteam.com slash cg-webinars to view the presentation. Also, keep an eye out for two upcoming CG Tax Audit and Advisory and Lemurial Law-Free webinars focused on selling and purchasing a business this February and March. Again, you can visit cgteam.com slash cg-webinars to register. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the CG Business Advisor podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. We appreciate each and all of you for listening and we hope you enjoy it as much as we do. I'm Scott Seidenberg. We'll talk to you next time right here on the CG Business Advisor.